Sooner or later, those who win are those who think they can. That is a quote by Richard Bach. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 22. This week's topic is Choose Your Attitude. My guest this week is Krissa T.S. Krissa is from Greece, but she moved to the United States and now lives in the Maryland area. Krissa is a transformational coach, speaker, and hypnotherapist. Krissa assists her clients in achieving improved wellness, increased motivation, self-esteem, confidence, creativity, productivity, and stress relief. Carissa is a very powerful speaker. I watched a TEDx talk that Krissa gave, and I thought she was very inspirational and wanted to bring her on to Trina Talk. So sit back and enjoy the interview Krissa. Hi, Krissa. How are you doing today? I'm glad you're here. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, Trina. I'm really happy to be here with you today. You know, you are an interesting lady. I was looking at your story and you're originally from Greece. You are a transformative coach. You do speaking And you had a TEDx talk that I saw that I just really loved what you were saying. Give me a little background about yourself. Um, Thank you for that. And um, so I moved to the U.S. four years ago. Um, I like to call myself a love immigrant. Um, I met my husband at a conference in Greece and... uh, Everything happened really quickly. So a couple of years later, I found myself in the U.S. creating a life with him here. It hasn't been always easy, but I enjoyed every step of the way. Being being an immigrant in the U.S., it's an interesting experience if you want to try it for anybody that is listening to this. Um, you have to have the willingness to go through the process, be patient, and believe in yourself. And when I say believe in yourself, there have been a lot of people in my path that uh, try to assault or verbally assault or minimize um, me as a person because I was, I'm an immigrant from, you know, uh, frowning when I open my mouth and they hear the accent and or making fun of my name or I had an accident. Uh, I call it an accident. It was an incident. I was at the doctor and uh, the nurse was actually um, 
being uh, very racist towards me. But, you know, all these little incidents, they made me stronger. I'm really very grateful for all the challenges because they made me who I am right now. And I just love that I met a lot of loving and supportive people here in the U.S. along the way. Wow. You know, I love what you're saying because that's one of the things that I like to focus on because there are challenges in this world. Everything is not, you know, just great all the time. But you speak about how coming here and some people, you know, try to minimize you and try to mock you because you had an accent. What were some of your other challenges? And tell me, what specifically did you do to overcome them and not fall into depression or think less of yourself? Well, I have to be honest here. I fell into depression uh, for uh, for the first year. It was really a dark time, I would say, but I learned a lot about myself. What I did is actually I asked for help. I was at the time I was uh, starting my career here as a coach and uh, hypnotherapist, and I asked for help from my teachers, from my peer groups. Uh, at the time, I was um, volunteering at a cultural organization. I asked for help. It was <laughs> it was um, not easy, and that's where most of people. Fall, fall into this trap that uh, it is shameful to ask for help. But you know what I believe, Trina? We cannot do it alone. We need other people. We should not sh- suffer in isolation. It took some time for me, but I, I went out and asked for help. And you know, when, when you ask, help will come. That's my belief. Now, who did you ask for help? Did you, because you fell into depression, and and I have experienced that as well. Did you seek counseling? Did you start building up your tribe of network of people? Because I would imagine coming to the United States from Greece, I don't know if you already had a a network base here because you said you um, married and then you moved here. I don't know if you had a a set of friends here through your husband or was it totally new for you and you had to start building those connections? He was totally new for me and my husband as well. He was born and raised in New York and we we had to move to Maryland because of work. And he was basically starting uh, from zero with, with me as well. Um, I asked for help starting from my family, my husband. Uh, He was really supportive. We went to a therapist, first of all. And after I started building a little bit of um, momentum with my healing, I I started um, reaching out to networking groups, mainly women networking groups here in, in Maryland. And I'm really happy today because I dared to reach out and uh, 
be vulnerable and be authentic with them. But now I have many friends from these groups and business associates as well. And that's that's how the, this journey started with me. Wow. And I love what you're saying as far as asking for help. And, and it's no shame in that. When you decided to network, what path in particular did you take? Did you just start you know, doing Google searches? Were there certain places that you said, okay, this is where I'm going to start? How did you go about finding those places to network with other women? I started Googling, of course. That was my first uh, move. But then I found uh, Meetup. It's a platform for meeting, all kinds of meetings, not just uh, business networking, but people who have the same um, hobbies, or book clubs. So that's that's what I did. I joined a book club and one thing led to another and now I'm fully uh, connected with with my community here. And there's still more to do. I mean, this is never ending. That's I think that's amazing. I, I I have a friend that moved here like four years ago from London. And I was asking her the same thing because she got here because her husband moved, you know, moved here, but his job moved here. And she started a business here like only after a few weeks of being here. And I said, how do you, how do you get the courage to do that? Because it, it does, it takes a lot of courage to, you're coming to a brand new place. I mean, not just not just a city, you know, I've moved from different cities, but you moved to a totally different country. How did you feel moving here and then going through the process? And like you said, there were some mean-spirited people along the way. How, just how did you keep telling yourself, nope, I'm going to get out and I'm going to do it again another day. I'm going to get out. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to get out. I'm going to talk to people. How did you encourage yourself? Well, as you said, it required a lot of courage. But then for me, it was more of making the small steps forward. Okay, I'm going to just get dressed and go out, walk around the block. And if I feel like it, I'm going to go to this meeting today. Or saying to myself, imagine how you would feel after the meeting. And that was so powerful because the emotions of connection or anticipating connection with other people helped me overcome the fear of, oh my God, they're going to see me. They're going to see, um, they're going to hear my accent. They're not going to like me. But the important thing was that I took the first little step, getting dressed, getting out of the house. And thinking, how would I feel at the end of this meeting? Mm, I love that. I love just the fact that you're saying, just take the little step. Just get up and and get out to do something, no matter how small it is. I think that's the key. Truly, truly. Um, and I found that the way that we the way that we talk to ourselves is really crucial because, you know, 
other people might be mean or they might be good and well spirited, but the inner talk is what's what's more most uh, crucial. And I got inspiration by many people and books. I love reading books. <laughs> uh, I I buy books the same pe- the same way other people buy shoes. You know, I it's it's, it's my thing. So I I read a lot of books at this time that helped me. And one in particular, I don't know if you if you if you, if you are familiar with the work of Viktor Frankl, no. A Man's Search for Meaning. So it's a book that re- basically suggests that everything can be taken away from you, but the chance or the willingness for you to choose your attitude in every obstacle, in every challenge in your life. And that was coming from uh, Viktor Frankl, uh, the person who was in concentration camps during those dark years of Second World War. And it touched me. I said to myself, if this guy was able to choose his attitude towards his, you know, towards adversity, he was facing prison, he was facing death, I can do it too. I can choose my attitude. So I will put my shoes on and go out and connect with people. Wow, that is so powerful because that's one of the things, and and I'm spiritual and I believe in God and I know the Bible says, so a man thinketh, so he is. And that's what I tell myself about mindset. If you change your mindset, you can change your life. And sometimes when I'm feeling negative about myself, I try to reverse that by saying, okay, let me think positive so that that I can manifest that. I know I'm you, into that. Yes. <laughs> and and I know you talk about that a lot. I know in your your TEDx talk you talked about that on your website. Let's let's see let's go there for a minute. Now, before you moved to the United States and you were encouraging yourself to get out and meet people, had you always been this type of person? I was always the person who would connect with people. I mean, being around people and having creative projects with teams, either as a paid project or as a volunteer project. I I just loved being around people. And uh, I was playing a lot with uh, self-hypnosis back in Greece. And... I was uh, having a lot of success with myself in dealing with, you know, self-limiting habits such as smoking or nail biting or emotional eating. And one friend told me, well, how about you do your tricks to me? And I said, well, I don't know how to do that, you know, to other people. I know how to do it to myself. And then I started learning and studying and I went to school for, for that. So I started hypnotizing other people and I felt wow this is amazing the human mind is just a spectacular tool that we can all use and we're not using most of people are not using it and as this 
simple as shift as you described it. This could change the mindset just a little. It will create a whole new life for, for us. So, and I'm I'm not familiar with um, hypno um, therapy and hypnosis. Tell us more about that. Now, is that the person who you're hypnotizing? Is it they have to just have a free, clear mind? Explain that to me. So, hypnosis is very similar to prayer or meditation. It's um, a moment where we take some time to really focus inwards and have this relaxed, focused awareness and, you know, working towards a goal. Now, people can, people do that all the time with, with themselves. There is a constant, we're under a hypnotic state all the time because of the things we say to ourselves and the things society is telling us that we should do or be or act. And one really easy example to understand hypnosis is advertising. Advertisers use that, that principle of hypnosis that if they put the image, the, the right words, sound and create the the emotions that want to inspire in you, you will buy their product. This we do with ourselves every single time. We say to to ourselves, for example, I'm not good enough at this. I can never make it. And guess what happens? You never make it. Um but what if we just change the dialogue and we, we become more positive, you know, in what we, we say to ourselves? And we say, yes, I can do it. If we say that with enough emotion and often enough, that will happen. That will, that will become our reality eventually. Um, so this is self-hypnosis, but there is, of course, therapeutic hypnosis, which is uh, mainly used by therapists, uh, which uh, helps treat anxiety, uh, depression, PTSD, and a lot of uh, psychological things. But hypnosis started as a medical, in, in the medical profession, as a form of anesthesia. So people would get hypnotized in order for the doctor to operate uh, on them. That's how it started. And I found it amazing that people can be hypnotized and not feel pain. Wow. I, I never knew that. <laughs> it is amazing. I've never done it. I would like to try it, especially when I go to the dentist. It's the worst <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's just they. Yeah, no one likes going to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I I mean I I never I never do. So is that what you do in your business? Because you do have a, a business as being a transformation coach. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, 
So my clients, basically, people come to me when they want to deal with their stress or when they have some confidence-related issues. For some reason, this is what, what I've, I've been attracting, and I like that because this is my area of focus and expertise, stress and confidence-related issues. And I'm using hypnosis to, to put them in this state of heightened awareness and focus so that they will allow themselves to, to focus inward while feeling this sense of relaxation and, you know, they end up creating the changes that they want. I love how hypnosis helps you to really reconnect with your inner wisdom and access your resources because we all have them, but we we don't tap in them. And, you know, we can change behaviors, beliefs, and really truly live life in our own terms. Wow. So with hypnosis and I, I don't know, this may sound crazy, but I, I want to educate myself and, and understand. Mm-hmm. It's not like what we see on TV where you're like, Ooh, and then you snap your finger, right? It's like you said, <laughs> it's more of, you know, inward reflecting and kind of meditation, but how, how, does it work? How do you get the person to that state of hypnosis and what occurs when they're there? Mm, That's a good question. So Hollywood hasn't been really helpful in educating people around hypnosis because, you know, it's more attractive to present hypnosis or hypnotist like this magician that will take control over your mind. I'm here to tell you that nobody can control your mind. It's it's uh, this uh, interesting notion that someone will take over. Nobody can take over unless you allow them to. So when people come into my office, they will have a 30-minute talk about their goals and what they want to focus on in the session. And then they sit in this big, comfortable chair. And I start guiding them to focus in their breath. We do a body scan, focusing in different parts of the body each time. And with the breath as a guide, they get to a relaxed state, just like it is when you uh, are just before to go to bed, fall asleep. And then... This is where the what we call the critical mind or the conscious mind relaxes. And when we relax this part of the, of the mind, then we have access to our unconscious mind, which is where what we call the inner wisdom or all our inner resources sleep. And we get to tap to those inner resources by giving suggestions, like you can be more confident. That's a suggestion, a phrase that we use, a wording uh, that we use in hypnosis. You can be more confident. You can be a successful public speaker. So what do I do basically is create a world for, for my client where they can feel 
comfortable, safe, and confident enough that they can actually influence their habits and their behaviors. And how many sessions does it take before they actually really feel that they're confident and they can do it? So say if you you have a client that is really has real low self-esteem, what is usually how many sessions will it take for you to build that confidence in them where they can walk away and say, yes, I can? It all depends on the person and how willing are they are to do the change. I'm there to guide them and support them. Um, I, I had people that just needed one session and they were good. And there are other people that need more support. I usually leave the, the the client with the recording of the session so they can listen to it again and again. And, you know, um, they say that repetition is the mother of all skill. So I have them listen to it every night before bed. And it's like writing a new script for the mind to follow. And the interesting thing about the mind is that it doesn't recognize if you, if I right now I say, think of a juicy lemon and cut this lemon in half and squeeze it into your mouth. Are you feeling your mouth watering? Or imagining how this would would influence your your taste buds? in your mouth. Hmm. This is the power of the mind. You don't have the lemon right in front of you. You don't have the... Um, nobody's squeezing the lemon in your mouth. But yet, we get the sensation of that will feel, how that will feel like. So it... it, it I... I Lost my train of thought right there. I was too focused in the lemon. <laughs> but this is <laughs> this is the power of words and the power of suggestion. And we all give that to ourselves every single day. I believe, so apart from, I believe that. Apart from hypnosis or the recording, I also, it depends on the person, but I like to give uh, homework. And one of my favorite homework is stand in front of the mirror in the morning before you go to work and say to yourself, I am lovable. I am safe. I am enough. I can. And then go, go do your thing. You know, it, it, it's so empowering. What do you you think, Trina? I think so. I mean, I've been, for years, I struggled with low self-esteem. And just until probably the last 10 years, I've started doing what you're saying, kind of talking to myself and saying, I can do this. I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of more. And you're right. The mind is so powerful. And what we say to ourselves, it, it matters. It does. It does. 
so when I moved to the U.S. and I, I heard all this, um, so it was what was really crazy about me moving here. It was not that everything was bigger and the food was, you know, tastier and the portions bigger. The actual cultural shock was when I realized that there is this wage gap between men and women. And I, I just couldn't conceive that. Why? They pay, they pay the same college tuition. They are equally capable of what they're doing. But I, I kept asking, uh, you know, friends, acquaintances and people around, why is this happening? You know, in Europe, it's not like that. And I started interviewing people and I had a lot of women coming to my practice to seek help with their confidence. And I realized that most most women don't, don't really feel they are enough, which translates to they keep telling to themselves they are not enough. Mm. Because whatever society or the employer or the status quo says, it doesn't matter. What matters is what do you say to yourself? What do you perceive to be true for yourself? Wow. So do you think because women, because I think here in America, women weren't, we are not geared to like be that forceful like man a man is and commanding and and going and seeking out and you know just doing it because if we do that you know we're called the bad name but mm-hmm. if men if men do it they're you know they're powerful they're go-getters do you think because women have been in the U.S. have been um stereotyped like that and and been submissive do you think that that's why we have the pay gap that we have because just no one actually went out and stood up for themselves and say I deserve this I'm doing the same job as a man and I'm commanding equal pay so maybe that's why we're at the point that we are now do you think that's it I believe there is there's a lot more to it but I've seen the shift in in many women in in corporate America, for example, um, when they realize that they can and they are worth it, they are able to negotiate differently. And we live in a world where everything is negotiable. And especially when when you do the same work with as, as a man and you're producing the same results and you have the same education, you have to fight for what, what's rightly yours and if that's uh, the pay if that's more paid time off whatever it takes I believe you have to ask before you get to ask though you have to do this work with yourself Mm -hmm. you have to believe that you are worth it So let me ask you a question uh, since we're on the worth it topic. So moving on from the the wage gap, 
do you think, um, cause I don't think anybody sets out to tell themselves they're not worth it, but do you think that subconsciously that's within some women and that's why they end up in bad relationships? That could be the case as well. Because mm. if I don't love myself, if I don't respect myself, how will I be able to find a partner that does that for me? Mm-hmm. I have to be able to love myself first and then find a person that loves and treasures me the way I love and treasure myself. Mm-hmm. But if if you don't know that you're feeling that way or thinking that way. How do you, how do you come, how do you get better? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So if you don't realize that you have, I guess, drawn all of this negative energy to yourself, how do you know that this is my problem? Mm, That's a great question. So there is one way to know if you're in the right path how how do how do you feel with your relationship and not just a, a romantic relationship but friendships family and and then you realize oh i don't feel great about hanging out around these people or um i feel resentful about you know my parents raising me up like this or uh, I cannot be really authentic around my friends. Um, I have to wear this social mask all the time. And then I have, I attract all these, you know, not good people for me in the, in the romantic uh, relationship area. And then you realize, oh, who has always been around? And the answer is, Oh, you have. That is a really difficult thing to to do. It has been a really difficult thing to do for me personally. And I'm not talking uh, as a know-it-all here. I'm in the process of learning and growing myself. But I found it to be really difficult to realize that, oh my, maybe, maybe I am the one who is messing up my relationships. Because, you know, I have the 50% mm-hmm. of responsibility in, in a relationship. And if I have like two or three or five or ten failed relationships where I was really hurt, maybe I have some work to do with myself before I move on to the next relationship. When I realized that, I, I, I went on for five years. And I was soul searching. I was following personal development trainings and doing a lot of reading and work with myself. And when I started having a better relationship with myself, and I actually took a vow of non-violence towards myself, this is when I met my husband. And you know, it was the right moment for me to meet a person because I was ready. I was having a good relationship with myself, building self-love, 
We hear that all the time, like love yourself, self-love. What is that? And why this is important? This is important because if we don't do that, nobody, first of all, nobody, nobody will do it for us. And we, we teach people how, how to treat us. So if we treat ourselves with disrespect, guess how other people will treat us with disrespect. But if we treat ourselves with respect, love, then guess how other people will, will treat us with, with respect and love. If, and if they don't, we will respect and love ourselves enough to distance ourselves from, from them. Don't you agree? I do. And you said something very interesting that I haven't heard before, but you said, um, you want to stop the non-violent, the, the violence against yourself. What does that look like? What, uh, it, the, the, the violence against yourself, what, what exactly is that? So we have this constant inner dialogue in our head, playing in our head all the time. Um, this is a, a voice, a popular psychology called the inner critic, which is, uh, goes like that. Um, you wake up in the morning and you hit the snooze. And then after a while, this voice starts in your head. Oh, you hit the snooze again. You're never going to get to your goals. You're a loser. How are you going to get to what you want to be? Eh, I know you're never, never going to get that. You're not good enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're not thin enough. You're not qualified enough. You're not enough. That voice is nobody else but ourselves. There's no one else that is accusing us of not being enough. And that's the hardest part of all to realize that, yes, this might come, uh, this might you know, originate from uh, what other people say to us, but we choose to adopt this voice. And this is violence towards ourselves. And what I'm suggesting is to take a vow of non-violence towards ourselves. And that looks like, okay, this, this voice comes like, uh, you didn't do that. You're not good enough or you messed up again. That's all. That's what you always do. What I'm suggesting is to hear this voice and say, I hear you. Thank you. So the first thing is awareness. The second thing is to be grateful for this voice because it's there for a reason. And that's usually to protect, to protect ourselves. So this is the part of us that needs, needs us to be safe. And then acknowledge it. And then say, thank you, but I got this. It's like having a, a friend. Like a best friend, would you, and, and let's say this, this friend of yours had a failure. How would you talk to this friend? Would you tell him, oh, you're a piece of garbage. You're never worth it. And you're never doing right. No, you wouldn't say that to a friend. You would say, that's okay. You can make it next time. I believe in you. Things happen, you know. Mm. That's how we would talk to a friend. And I'm suggesting 
to talk this way to yourself, like a good, supportive, loving friend. Hmm. Wow. I, I've I've <laughs> never, <laughs> you know, I've never <laughs> thought about it that way, but it makes so much sense. I mean, like you said, you wouldn't talk to someone else that way. So why would you talk to yourself that way? Exactly. I never thought, I mean, you have really changed my perspective on things because I just, I never, I never thought about that in that sense, but it is, it's life changing. That is so true. Yes. And this is something we don't need to hire anybody to do. Just do it. I mean, it's, it's a thing that it's a conscious choice. Okay, from now on, I'm not going to be the enemy of myself. I'm going to be the friend. Taking a vow of nonviolence towards ourselves. I believe it's the first act of self-love. The second act of self-love, my opinion, is to accept ourselves exactly as we are. And to take a moment and accept our mind, accept our body, accept our job, our situation, and just be okay with it. And by being okay, we will decide what works for us and what doesn't work for us and then act on it. But first, we have to be okay with what is. And, and, and just to expound on that being okay means you're not trying to compare yourself to anyone else or not trying to compete with anyone is that correct of course 100% correct because if you're trying to compare or compete and it's it's like you're putting your energy towards a goal that it's not even yours. I mean, if it's your goal, that's that's fine. That's great. And if you're being motivated by comparing yourself to other people, that's motivating towards action. That's great. But if you are comparing to, and then you create this emotion of, of jealousy, of not enoughness, this is not helpful to, towards yourself. Yeah. I mean, and I think us as women, I think a lot of women think that it's a competition. They look at some other woman and they go, well, she is here at this point in her life. I should have been there. How come I'm not as far along for my age or my stage in life? And I, it's something that I have said to myself and I say to people what I'm speaking, everyone has a season in their life and everybody has their own walk to walk. Your walk is not my walk. So I can't look at you and say, well, Krissa is at this point and she's doing this. And how come I'm not doing that? Because that's, that was not for me. That's your walk. My walk is something totally different. Well said, Trina. I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And, you know, I believe we are all learning and evolving. And, and those times that I feel, ah, 
I, I should have done better or this person is doing better than I do, I say to myself, again, self-talk, I say to myself, this person is triggering something in me, a wound or a shadow in myself that I haven't yet resolved or realized. I choose to see the light in them. And I'm very spiritual too. So I, I ask God to help me. I pray to God. Help me see the light in them. And in seeing the light in them to find the light in me and heal my wounds. Yes. That, I mean, that's well said. I, I, I mean, you, you can't go any deeper than that because that's, that's the blueprint. That's the blueprint for life. Yes. So, Carissa, what we're going to do now, we're going to go into what I like to do is my 10 little questions. I always ask all my guests. Okay. Okay. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you? That's that's a really good question. Um, I don't know if if this is a, a who or a what for me. It's it's the vision I have for who I want to become. And for me, it's really visual. So I have a, a book, uh, a sketchbook that I've put all the things I want to do in my life and, you know, with pictures and quotes. So when I seek motivation and I feel uh, I'm, I'm procrastinating or I don't feel like doing what I want to do, I go to this book. I open the book. I see the pictures. And 98% of the time, I get my motivation. And that, that is a resort. But oftentimes, I like to hear to motivational videos or motivational speeches. And that's easily accessible to, uh, through the internet for everyone. Okay. What demotivates you? Flutter. <laughs> I I love to see my face, my working space, my home, tidy, t- you know, all tied up and um, organized and clean. And if okay. it's not, this is really demotivating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Well, that's. That's how I base my whole TED Talk. It's it's the times that people have told me, who do you think you are to do this or to do that? That hurt at that moment, but then I realized, oh, I have to figure out who I am so I can be confident in giving an answer to that question. Hmm. Okay. What is your fear? 
my fear is, oh, I have a lot of fears. <laughs> the one that comes to my head first is to, uh, to die before I get to share whatever I want to share with this world. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Oh, yes. Uh, there was a time in when I had I was choosing um, which college to go and I wanted to choose psychology but I was following um, the suggestions of my father and I chose political science now I love political science but that was not my true passion I kind of regret that, but I'm also grateful because it led me to a career where I learned a lot about public speaking and branding and PR. So it helps a lot with the business right now, this part of my experience. Okay. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Hmm. I always love to try new and interesting cuisines and food. And I tried something once I shouldn't have tried. (laughs) If you know what I mean. (laughs) We've been there. Okay. What is your definition of success? Is when the mind, the body, and the soul are in alignment and there is just peace, peace of mind, peace of God. Mm. How do you recharge? I walk. I walk in park. I walk down the street. I walk everywhere and every chance I get. Preferably around uh, nature. So uh, if, if this is a forest or by the water, I love walking by the water. That uh, is walking to recharge. Okay. What are you awesome at? Oh, uh, something that not many people know about me is that I am awesome at dancing. <laughs> really? I love dancing. It brings me so much joy. Wow. Okay. What legacy do you want to leave? I would like to really help women imprint in their brain that they are enough. Great. Okay, Krista. Now, and I'm just curious, I was thinking. How did you, or what made you decide to do your TED Talk? Ah, First of all, it was my surprise with the wage gap. I couldn't believe that. I just couldn't believe that's happening. And I'm coming from Greece and, you know, people in Europe... Uh, look up 
to the United States for technology, innovation, um, research. And I can, I can grasp the idea that women are not, not all women, but many, there are many instances where they're not getting paid equally. And I wanted to speak on that. But at the same time, I wanted to give a solution because we all know the problem. But what's the solution? It won't come from the politicians. It will help to have a law like that. But, you know, it's it's the free market and everything is negotiable. So we have to go into the source and say to teach young girls, you are enough and you are worthy. It all starts from from that. Amazing. And I believe I wanted to say that in a form that will resonate and that will maybe change one or two lives. I would be happy if, if that was the outcome of the TEDx talk. Now, have you gotten any feedback like from anyone who saw your talk and said, that really helped me? Um, I, I've gotten some feedback. I was surprised because I was not, I was going, you know, for the corporate women and the women in business, but I got um, responses from women that were domestically abused or they didn't, they chose to devote their lives to their family and ch- raising children. And they've been telling me, oh, you pardon me to go back to school and fulfill my dream of becoming this or that. Um, the other woman said to me, I will finally master the courage to love myself a little more and not allow this man to, to, to abuse me in that way. And there was a, a young, a young uh, girl and a, teen, a teenager who told me uh, she is, Greek, and she told me, I want to learn English that well and speak on stages like this one, like you did. You inspired me. I want to become a speaker. And I said, wow, (laughs) that's great. Wow, that's the ultimate compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) from a teenager. (laughs) It's hard to impress them nowadays. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, I I, I loved it. Um, And that's my goal is to one day do a TEDx talk. So you inspired me as well. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. You know, I believe that if an immigrant with an accent can give a talk, everybody can do. Everybody can do it. And I believe you can do it because you have amazing things to share. Your your message is so inspirational. And I will be there cheering cheering out for you, Trina. Oh, well, thank you. It's going to happen. Well, believe me, when it happens, I'm going to call you. So you're going to need to be in the audience to give me some support. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Before we leave. What is one motivational takeaway that you want to leave the listeners with? We are all responsible for our lives. 
And no matter what other people say or think or believe about you, it's not important. What's most important is what you believe to be true for yourself. It's time to stop playing small and show up in this world with all your glory. Because this world needs your ideas, needs your talents. It's time to show up and share it. Wow, that was that was very profound. So I'm glad that you were here with me today. Tell our listeners how they can connect with you. I am on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as thecritagroup.com. And do you want me to spell that for your listeners? Sure, go ahead. It's C-H-R-I-S-A, Krista, group.com. So it's everywhere. It's Krista Group. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel when I, where I have a, a show every Thursday. And I share a lot of uh, techniques and tricks I like to implement in my personal development. Okay. Every Thursday on YouTube? Every Thursday on YouTube. Okay, I'm I'm making notes. Well, that means oh, tonight you got something to to share then tonight, right? Yes. Is it live? Yes. Uh, no, it it is not. It's usually um, a video that I have recorded, and it's being published on that day. Okay, gotcha. Okay, well, you know what, Krista, I thank you for your time. This has been. Such a great experience talking with you, and I understand you completely. So I, I don't know what people are talking about as far as your accent, because I love your accent. Mm-hmm. I think you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like my accent too. Thank you so much, Trina. It's been a pleasure being being on your podcast, and I will I will share your. I, I've been listening to your interviews, and I love the way that you present other people and the deep questions that you ask you really respect your listeners and you really want to get into the top, the bottom of things you don't leave uh, any any question unanswered or or any uh, anything that it's not clear you make it clear well thank you for that that's that's very kind of you It's my pleasure. If you're looking for a speaker for your live event or conference, go to my website and read my bio and contact me at bit.ly forward slash booktrina. I hope you have a great week. Until then, remember, if you change your mindset, you'll change your life. Keep striving. Success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.